Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Future Freshman Podcast. I hope you guys have had a wonderful week. Uh, we're in for a great treat today as I have someone very, very nice to have on as my guest. Um, you can find him over at Twitter at CFF underscore Jared. He is the senior analyst for CFF here at uh, Campus to Canton, and he's also the host of Chase and the Natty, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, he is my fearless leader and one of my great friends is Sir Jared Palmgrim. Jared, welcome to the show, buddy. Appreciate it, Brandon. Uh, glad to be back on. I'm glad to join this podcast again. I've done the CFF University pod with you a couple of times, and mm-hmm. I've always had a blast on those. So I'm really, really excited to join you for this one because uh, you pitched this idea to me like before you even joined Campus Canton. And like I knew instantly that this show was going to be a hit. It was going to be something that people have been really kind of striving for. They want, like, you get a lot of like freshmen and you get a lot of um, uh, recruiting talk on the campus, the Canton side of things, but none of them ever really just focus on just their college side production. And for those of us who play CFF Dynasty, like it feels like there's just this big hole that's missing in terms of all the content being put out there. And you pitch this idea to me and I'm like, this is perfect. This is what people are going to want. And so again, I'm super stoked for this show to be as successful as it has been so far. Very proud of you, uh, Brandon. This, this this show has been awesome, and uh, yeah, again, I'm I'm just super excited about it. Well, thank you for the kind words. Um, shout out to those that are listening, whether you're on the uh, C2C feed or those that are listening through uh, Spotify, we're on Apple now, Google Podcasts. So now we're where we can be seen. So I just want to give uh, I'm I'm humbled. Like you guys are fantastic. Thank you for listening in. Uh, I hope you guys are getting a lot out of this. As as I know, I am just in the research and just having our guests on and be able to talk about this stuff. Uh, you guys is what make it special. So I really do appreciate it for sure. Um, this is cool, Jared, because now uh, we have completed the trifecta, Chasing the Natty CFFU podcast and the Future Freshman podcast. I think indeed we are the only three to do all three at once. So that is a, uh, a new record for sure. Um, <laughs> so before we get started, me and Jared get to talk about some of these uh, springtime springers, we'll call them here for, uh, for this episode is that uh, if you haven't heard already, and of course you've heard in the last two episodes, they we have a brand new guide and it is actually coming out here very, very soon. Uh, so please keep an eye out on that, $20 for a one-time purchase. However, I can't express enough how good it is for an extra $9.99 for 30 bucks for the entire year to have a full subscription to, to Campus to Canton. Uh, just the tools that are there, the rankings that are there, uh, the articles that you're going to find, just the in-depth, and then being having able to have access to the Discord where you can talk to us over there, regardless of what channel, whether you want to do C2C, CFF, Devi, you have all the answers just laid out there in the interaction. And then, of course, you're just making new friends. So why not be able to join for an extra $10 a month? So that's something I'm going to absolutely encourage you guys to buy. It's just going to make you a better fantasy player, I think, in general, regardless of the format that you have as well. Um also, Let's not cool. also forget yeah, all ahead. the new stuff that it, I believe this is coming out on Friday. So check out the new website, y'all. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of new tools, new uh, new pages on the site, uh, new stuff for you guys to play around with. Check it all out. There are going to be three tiers now for the Campus Can website. Guys, get, get as involved as you can because these tools that we are pumping out like crazy are stuff that... I never thought as an analyst, I'd be able to have access to the level of data that the new C2C website is bringing to you, but you guys can have it for yourselves now. So absolutely go check it out. 
find out where you want to be in terms of what you get from the website. It is some phenomenal, phenomenal stuff going on over there. Yep. Of course, by this time, you'll see a brand new website. Uh, Very clean, very polished. Love, 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 love the uh, rankings that are on there. That's probably my favorite thing where you can click on individual analyst or all at the same time. You can look at ADP. There's just so much just great content that's there for you. So why wouldn't you be a part of it? So come join us over at campusdecanton.com, guys. Uh, Also, uh, we are still, well, at least the CFFU brand is still sponsored by Price Picks. So, of course, you can use the code CFFU. We can do the matching deposit up to $100. Of course, by the time you hear this, we'll have a full week of NCAA tournament time. There's basketball going on. My Tar Heels lost to Virginia Tech, but that's okay. They beat Duke, and they're the ACC tournament champions. But now we have the big dance, so we should see how things unfold. Um, but why not make you some money on the side? Whether you want to do fantasy points, you can do rebounds, you can do you know just general points. I mean, there's some stuff to be had there. They just had the combine that we talked about last week. There's just a lot of cool stuff that Prize Picks has for you. They even have gaming. So if you're into you know Counter Strike or something like that, there's something for everybody. So there, what we want to do is just focus on, of course, increasing your bankroll, just getting your money up, so then we have plenty to work with when it comes time for the football season, and then we can definitely double and triple play that up, like me and Jared have done uh whether you heard the cfu podcast i think we're the only episode that went 100 percent or went five for five that day so a uh so keep you know just keep it locked uh use that code if you haven't already uh if not uh, i believe c2c has theirs as well you can use the code c2c to sign up where however that you do i just encourage you to use price picks it's a cool app download it give it a try i think it's worth your time as well all right so- dogs just got through their worst uh basketball season in school history Ooh, so yeah. the prize picks is currently the only thing that is uh, keeping me interested in basketball at the moment. That's okay. Uh, I think we were ranked uh, because we beat Duke, but after beating or losing to Virginia Tech, I have no idea. I just think we're getting the tournament barely. So I understand. Uh, yeah, I think so we went we, six and twenty-six. Oh, yeah, we didn't do that that bad, but it's okay, man. There's football coming up. That's all that matters. So I know, I know. We're all hopeful about football and winning our, our fantasy championships. And this show is going to help you hopefully win those championships by getting all these stud wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends that are coming in as a freshman. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of it. And we wanted to bring you guys that are making some noise in spring. I think we started the trend a little bit last week with Moxley when we talked about uh, Caden Helms in Oklahoma, the tight end, who's making a big uh, a big to-do there over in Oklahoma as far as he might be starting at tight end in Oklahoma. So me and Jared, of course, been looking at spring practices. We're trying to get ready for content, things like that as the summer progresses. And we're just seeing these guys that are standing out. And so we want to bring it to your attention, talk about them, and you guys just kind of make that note when you're looking into your drafts coming up, what does it work to you to draft these guys and how soon you want to kind of take them? So we're going to start it off with Mr. Adam Randall, who is 24-7 sports grade of 0.9549. He is a four-star, pretty high four-star that it is as well. The thing that makes him stand out, he is 6'3". This is 250 pounds as, as he entered Clemson. Now, I believe he is probably a little bit beastlier there. I know uh, our guy, Kate Klubnik, that we talked about in episode one has already gained some weight. The weight rooms are fantastic in the NCAA, so these guys are going to get a lot beefier. This guy is 17th overall in the wide receiver class of 2022. Uh, when we looked at his uh, his max preps and his varsity totals, uh, receiving yards, 381, uh, receiving touchdowns of three. Um, average receiving yards was 17.3. He had 22 catches, and then the receiving yards per game is 63.5. 
Um, I want to kind of point out that that's all the stuff they could find. He had a very short year. I believe he only played three or four games, if I'm not mistaken, in one of those seasons. So they didn't get a lot of stats here on the max press, but that's okay. Um, let's look at some analytics real quick, and then we'll kind of move on. Uh, at big wide receiver guy, that's our boy Matt. Uh, he had him at 20. Stands out even better is the actual Newtons, 8,431 Newtons, which is trucking. And so he is definitely putting on a clinic on there as well. Um, uh, let's look at some of the scout reports because that kind of does it. Uh, before we go into some of his uh, his assets, he also ran track in high school, and this is why you see his Newtons increase. He has a verified 100-meter time of 10.94, 11.13, and 11.20 as a junior. He also posted, uh, posted a 22.83 in the 200-meter, and he completed in the 4 by 10 relay. So the kid is fast. Um, he's got a tall athletic build, huge catch radius. He has sure hands. And he has the speed to separate from the corners easily. And this is what you need. Um, ACC is not known to be like the biggest and baddest of cornerbacks, but there is some corners that stand out in certain on certain teams. Um, this could be a huge asset. And we'll talk about some spring stuff here in just a second. But uh, whether it's DJU starting, who seems to have a he's he's trying to come back or we have Klubnik, who's now playing with the twos already. Uh, Adam Randall looks like a potential three year starter here, Jared. Uh, what is your thoughts on Randall? Uh, what have you heard, seen in spring camp, and what's your thoughts on him in a Clemson offense and how he fits the mold, man? So it, to me, it is very interesting how a lot of the people around, like C2C, uh, just fantasy in general, seem to be a bit higher on Randall than a lot of the recruiting guys, which, I, I again, I just want to point that out. I do find that interesting because, like, Randall, if I remember correctly, is a Tier 1 wide receiver for Campus Stanton going forward. Just a lot of the guys over here are really in love with him. And because of that, I took a little bit longer look into like, maybe I was missing something because I, I was like, I'm like, oh, he's the 17th wide receiver overall. And he's going to Clemson. You got Ontario Williams there. He's ranked even higher than him. I'm like, all right, so what am I missing here? I was missing a lot. Um, I'm not sure what the recruiting, uh, what the recruiting services are doing in terms of ranking this man very low. Because to me, the thing about Randall to me is he's not super elite in any aspect but he's very good in almost every aspect he's again we, we talked about his size already six foot three well over 200 pounds already like dude is just a if you were to craft a wide receiver in a lab like this is the size and the build that you would want with him so he's absolutely just already pre-made like you don't really need him to be on like you said it yourself he's already probably put on some weight since he's gotten there but he didn't really need to if he did because he was already kind of made to be a starter in the ACC. Cause again, like you said, the quarterbacks there, like we're not, again, we're not playing the SEC. You don't have as many um, bigger corners there. The problem for me. And again, I really, again, I'm loving what I hear out of Randall out of camp. And to me, th the whole reason why I wanted this episode to be about guys who are um, breaking out in spring camp already is because I'm such a sucker for guys like these. I really, really am like if you if you're a prospect, like even if you weren't a highly regarded prospect in terms of the recruiting services. But if, as soon as I hear that you are enrolled early and that you are making noise at spring camps, like as soon as you get there, that to me is a huge green flag saying like, hey, this isn't going to be a person that's going away anytime soon. They're going to be fighting for it. And it looks like Randall is doing just that now. The problem to me here is who is ahead of him. Randall is very clearly an X or a Y receiver. He's an outside boundary wide receiver. Yeah, for sure. 
The problem is you got guys like Joseph Ngata and Bo Collins who seem to be the set starters for Clemson this upcoming year at those roles. And I do have a hard time seeing Randall truly taking over the starting position over one of those two, unless one of those two gets hurt. As much as I'm not a huge fan of Joseph Ngata, I do like Bo Collins pretty pretty well, but Joseph Collins, or Joseph Collins, Joseph Ngata, um, I'm not a huge fan of him, but even still, like he's been a starter, um, or he's been working into the starting line for several years now. I doubt that he is going to be reeled back in, and Adam Randall is going to take over for him. Um, See, so yeah, that, again, that's the big problem for me. Like, if because like Specter is like the um, the reported um, slot receiver one right now, but Randall's not a slot receiver. Any stretch right. of the imagination, the only way I could really see him like securing a starting lineup is if you moved. Ngata or Bo Collins to the slot, but I don't see that happening either. So yeah. that's my big problem. Although I do think it's going to be very hard to keep Randall off the field. Like he's going to be rotating in and out. He's going to make some splash plays. He's probably going to have a big game or two this year, but I doubt that he is going to be a guy that is going to be a full-time starter this year. But year two, after Ngata leaves, after Bo Collins maybe leaves, He's gonna. He's going to be in that starting lineup. There's no doubt about it in my mind. For sure, and uh, we already see in, in in spring camp that he's already uh, Randall's over already taken a Dakari Collins, who's our who's a sophomore there as well. Uh, you know, I just found out EJ Williams is out for the spring, so he has you know he has the summer to try to catch up on there as well. And then another one, Antonio Williams, the one that. 24-7's high on, but it seems the C2C or the consensus is they're a little lower on Tanner Williams. However, he is the ninth overall wide receiver in the 22 class. He does have a composite a little higher, a 9731. The difference is the 6'3 and 215 of Adam Randall versus the 6'0, right at 200 for Antonio Williams. Williams seems to have the technicality. He has, you know, the the chops and stuff like that. We like to call it in the receiver world and things like that. But Adam Randall is just an overall rounded really really good receiver and when you're that big and you're that strong and you also you're that quick and you're putting up those kind of numbers in high school and track you you got a leg up on the advantage and uh some of these acc corners there's no way they could stop an adam randall especially if he creates separation early and often uh i agree i think adam randall is you know we're looking at maybe an injury away we're looking at um definitely next year a full i think we're looking at a starter for next year for sure especially when Ngata being a senior, he's definitely leaving. That opens up a hole. It's going to come down to Williams versus probably um, Randall. Uh, Bo Collins, is he's talented. I think he's the wide receiver one in this in this one. I have him at a slot, but he can play any position. It really just depends on whatever Clemson wants to do and what they're comfortable with. So we'll see what Dabo is going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I expect Bo to kind of be the guy that people are going to look at in redraft purposes. But, it, you know, we're here looking at a, a dynasty dive and stuff like that. Bo Collins, you got... It says he's a sophomore, but I think he's he might be a junior. I'm not quite sure. But you only have a year, maybe two left of Collins. Nagata's gone after this year. E.J. Yeah. Williams becomes a senior next year. So you're really – and Dakari Collins moves up to a junior. So when you're looking at a dynasty and you're looking at future planning, it's definitely going to be Randall and Williams. Yeah. I just lean Randall because he's in – I like guys like you that are in for the spring, know the, are learning the playbook and making a difference. And when you, when you have someone like Dabo that's talking about a freshman like that, I mean, he's not one to uh, to wait too long, especially if the higher uh, classmen are not producing. He will pull them just like you've seen him do quarterbacks. He'll do it. Absolutely. He'll start the veteran, but if they don't perform, he will put in his his newer his newer talent. So, um, 
you know, I, I have confidence in Adam Randall and I think he's worth an investment. Uh, so now comes the new question, Jared, are you, are you reaching for Randall? Are you wanting them sit at uh, a value of, I'm, I'm thinking he's second round just because you have him to wait a little bit more. Uh, I don't see him really slipping a third. He might go lower second round, maybe at the end of what are your thoughts? So I'm quickly pulling up my freshman rankings because I'm yeah. a dummy and t- totally forgot to pull those up before we got started here. Let me look at my big board here. Where do I have him ranked at? So I currently have him as the 12th overall prospect okay. for uh, this year. So to me, it is a late first round, early second round kind of guy for freshman drafts, particularly. Now, if you want to throw in supplemental guys, I am having firmly in the early second round area. But, and this is specifically for my league. Again, that's why that's the trouble with supplemental drafts and everything. You never know yeah. who's available in what league. But regardless, like to me, he's a firm like late first round, early second round. And there are guys in CFF Dynasty that are just worth it to wait on a year. Like Devin Brown is currently my number two overall. He's not going to start this year. Or yeah, he's just not going to start this year. Even if he was in spring practice and everything, you got Kyle McCord ahead of him. You got um, you got CJ Stroud ahead of him. Obviously, he's starting. But when Devin Brown does get his shot, you're going to love having him on your roster, even if you have to wait a year or two for that to mm. happen. But Adam Randall, I think, is another one. Uh, again, just like these tiny little stories just coming out of camp just tell me that this is like Clemson's had a receiver problem for the past couple of years. Yes, Justin Ross was not who he was when he came back from injury. Finally, I hate to say it, but again, I just don't think he was who he was. Joseph and I told you that he's never impressed me. Bo Collins was a young receiver last year. Uh, I think he has some pretty good upside, but I don't think he is a guy like T Higgins. I don't think he's a guy like, um, God, who's the one right before, um, there's Mike Williams. There's, there's a bunch of, there's a whole lot. I meant receivers. Exactly. There's a whole line of Clemson receivers. Like, Mm-hmm. we thought Ross was going to be that he gets injured and God is not going to be that Bo Collins potentially could be, but to me, Adam Randall is the first one I've seen in a while where I'm like, he is that next guy when he finally gets his chance. And so if that's going to be the case, I'm going to love having that on my roster for CFF dynasty going forward. I, I agree. When I looked at Adam Randall versus Antonio Williams, Randall to me screams legacy Clemson wide receivers. So, I'm kind of with you with that. Like it, he's that guy. It's like I see a Mike Williams, I see a T Higgins, I see guys like D Hop. And am I saying he's going to like blow up and be elite? I'm not sure yet, but he has the tangibles and he has that look and feel like he's supposed to be Clemson. So we can only hope as they're fixing their quarterback situation and stuff gets ready to go that we'll see that kind of meshing happen here in the in the years to come. So. Please keep your eye out Adam Randall. Keep looking at spring game reports. Uh, I expect to see a big production in the spring game. I'm interested, especially in the Clemson spring game, for sure, whether he's running with the one or twos already. Um, either way, he's he's already making a splash, so kind of keep your eye on Adam Randall. All right, uh, Jared, let's talk about Damian Martinez, who is our second guy. And surprisingly, he is actually a three-star, a very high three-star, though. Uh, 24-7 sports grade has him at 0.8747. The man is 5'10". He's 220 pounds, which I love. He's the 48th overall running back in the 22 class. So he's still in the top 50 of this year's class. The Varsity uh, Max Preps, Jared, blew me away. So let's have let's talk about it a little bit. So total rushing yards, 3,787 rushing yards. 56 rushing touchdowns, right? An average rushing yard of 8.0. Pretty good. 471 carries. 
And rushing yards per game, 126.2. Overall touchdowns are 58. So what does that tell you, Jared? The man pretty much had about, what, 80% of the of his high school production? Is what yeah. Um, which is crazy. Um, the man, that's the only thing. Like, when you get a lot of wear and tear in, in high school and college, people worry about the NFL level. Good, good thing is we only had to worry about maybe two or three years. It looks like he became the newcomer there as a sophomore in 2019. So he's only got a few years of wear and tear, which is great. So for CFF purposes, we're good as gold. So he did commit to the University of Oregon State, which is great because they, I believe, are in desperate need of a really true star standout running back. And we'll talk about that once we get to the back, the depth chart. So I want to bring up uh, big wide receiver guys, analytics again, who is uh, Matt, 21.2 miles per hour at 220 pounds. Yes, please. Newton's 8,819. When I was looking up the uh, chart that uh, he had, uh, he was pretty high up there. And he did guys from all the way back to 2015. And out of all of those, I think he was in the top 10, Jared. So that's that's ridiculously good yeah. as far as moving, right? Uh, so let's look at some of the scout report. They didn't have a much, but we have something to work with here. So he did run the 100 meter. He ran the 11.37 uh, 100 meter as a junior. In 2020, he was... Uh, the Texas District 6A, 6A co-offensive player of the year as a junior, which means he definitely stood out as a junior. Uh, as a sophomore, he was the offensive newcomer of the year in his own district there. So that's telling you that the kid came onto the scene and he absolutely destroyed uh, there uh, at his uh, at his high school. So let's look at the depth chart. And here's where we see the opportunity. And then we'll talk about some of the stuff that you're hearing out of spring game. So we have the returning Trey Lowe. He's a junior transfer, a red shirt as well. Deshaun Fenwick, he's also a junior transfer. The only one I see here, uh, these are guys are all red shirts, so they always had to sit back here. So we also have Isaiah Newell, who's a red shirt freshman. And, of course, B.J. Baylor, who's a red shirt junior. Correction. Uh, ah. B.J. Baylor declared for the draft. I did not even know that. Uh, best of luck to you, B.J. Baylor, in your, your NFL draft journey. Good, sir. Uh, so now that makes it only just three of them. Uh this makes it even better. Uh, the fact that this guy is a three-star and not a four-star blew me away with the tape that I saw, Jared. It was, uh, the guy can just get up and go. And they're as big as he is as far as weight. I mean, the 5'10 is good because he's lower to the ground. He reminds me a lot, um, who we talked about last with uh, Ashton Genty, uh, just being able to get down the field and go. He's a little bit as far as like bigger weight than Genty is. But that's what I saw is just projection movement and he just plants and goes which i think is pretty pretty spectacular uh what are your thoughts on martinez and what have you been hearing in spring games that's why we're bringing to the table here it's hard to know where to start with martinez because like it just feels like a miss by the recruiting um recruiting services i, I agree and, and I, I can't tell why because I'm, I'm trying to figure out where or i i know where my personal uh feel his biggest weaknesses and i'll talk about that in a second maybe that is why he's down to a three star but do play at the highest level of Texas football and if, if Texas high school football. And like, if you know anything about Texas high school football, you know, that's some of the premier high school football in the country. Yes. And you were talking about a, like you said, a guy that was getting 126 yards per game at that high of a level. And like you said, like getting close to 80% of his team's production, like how does, how do you then take that and say, Oh yeah, but he's, he's just a three star. Now, my personal feel is the one part I don't love about him is I think he can work on his vision quite a bit. He's not very good at hitting some of the holes that he needs to. Uh, but 
he makes up for that in the fact that God, God, I love his contact balance. Mm. Dude is yes. constantly shedding tackles left and right. Um, yep. The defenders are always, always on the ground before he is because like, he's constantly still trying to fight his way out of tackles. I love that about him. And the thing I wanted to do, like after I watched tape of him, I was just like, all right, this is all fine and dandy. I think he's a good running back, but like, is this the kind of running back that I can expect uh, Jonathan Smith to use in his, uh, as his previous like number one guys? Went back and looked at BJ Baylor. BJ Baylor, another five foot 11, over 200 pound running back. Jamar Jefferson, Five foot ten, two hundred and twelve pounds, basically the almost the exact same height and build. And mm-hmm. when I turned on the tape for Jamar Jefferson, it felt like I was watching Damian Martinez again, just a little older, a little bit better at vision. Martinez to me for CFF has a very, very good ceiling as far as what he can do. We saw what Jamar Jefferson looked like in the 2020 COVID season. And God, I wish he had just stayed for one more year. Grant, he went off and got drafted. He's doing well with the Lions, so I'm not going to blame them too much uh, for leaving. But even so, I, I wanted to see him come back for one more year just to see what he could do with a full season under his belt. I have a feeling we are going to get that with Damian Martinez. I really, really like what I've been seeing with Damian Martinez in terms of, first of all, the situation. Like you said, mm-hmm. we're already hearing that he is running with the twos and the ones in spring practice already. Now, granted, part of that is Deshaun Fenwick has been out. So uh, Martinez obviously would then get a little bit of a leg up. I imagine when Fenwick comes back, he's probably going to be the main guy for this year. But Trey Lowe hasn't ever been somebody that's really truly impressed anybody. So I doubt that he'll be the guy after Fenwick leaves. Mm -hmm. And then who does that leave? Mr. Damian Martinez right here. Again, I think Martinez, similar to Randall, is going to be somebody that you're not going to get year one. Year two, though. Year two could very quickly turn mm-hmm. into absolute gold mine for you because I think he has the potential to get what we saw out of Jeff- Jabbar Jefferson in those last couple of games in 2020, but spread that out over a full season. I am loving this guy so far. So what Jared just said is uh, Oregon State has a type. If we're looking at it in the dating perspective, Oregon State has a type, and this guy fits that mold. I do agree. He does remind me a lot of Jamar Jefferson, and Jefferson finally was able to break out when it was his time at Oregon State. This is similar. Uh, we're just kind of getting ahead of the curve because this is usually a waiver wire pickup or you're spending a lot of fab money. This guy breaks out, you know, year two. Especially if you're like in a redraft situation, you're like, holy cow, who's this Damian Martinez kid and why is he blowing up? This is the opportunity ahead of time to mark his name, to watch practice, see that he's already, you know, as injuries and stuff like that are occurring, he's still able to be there and be consistent with ones and twos, which means that the coaches are very much are confident in what he brings to the table. Obviously, they wouldn't have gone in again. I meant he had uh, quite a few offers. I think mm-hmm. he had like five or six total, or if not more. But the fact that he chose Oregon State, I think, is kind of like we talked about last week when it comes to Ramon Brown in Maryland. I just think it's a great fit, and I think it's a uh, you know it's a great pairing. And so you're finding another guy, another diamond in the rough, like Damian Martinez, who's a higher three star, just like Ashton Gentry, who's going to Boise State. That's just fitting a great mold and something like that. Now Gentry, 
might actually start year one, depending on Polani and his injuries and stuff like that. This is a different scenario. So, you know, where where are you thinking? Like, what's what's your freshman? I know you have your rankings up, stuff like that. Is he fairly high? We're looking at second round. We're looking at maybe third. We'll take supplemental out of it. Let's just focus on taking, just the freshman. Taking, taking supplemental out of it, we're looking at probably a solid mid-third round grade for me right now in terms of a go. freshman draft. Uh, and with room to move up higher, in my opinion. Again, I got to hear more about some of these other guys that I have ahead of him in spring practices and everything. There's some guys here that like uh, that I have ahead of him currently. Like I have Gunnar Stockton because of his dual threat ability. But again, like with just the things I'm hearing, I do wonder when he will start at Georgia. Now, granted, once he transfers out of Georgia, maybe that's even a higher upside for him. Um, but even so, that's more of a talent uh, guy I have ahead of him. Guys I have around him, a uh, guy we're going to talk about later, uh, Terrence Gibbs, right around the same range as him. Um, I like Wesley Grimes out of Wake Forest, right around this range as well. Yep. So this is kind of like where you're kind of feeling of like, guys are going to good proven systems, but they're not powerhouses, if that makes sense. So like I got guys that are going to like Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, stuff like that. A lot of those guys are in front of them. But like, this is where you start kind of, getting down into the like, all right, now, now where do I go? Well, uh, Damian Martinez, I think is sitting there right for you uh, in the third round. And you could probably pick him up there. Maybe even falls to the fourth round, depending on your league. And that's a, that's a great value pick, especially, you know, as you're trading your freshman picks, as you're working around your dynasty leagues and things like that, say, if you, you don't have a second anymore, or you got two thirds or something like that, you can kind of wheel and deal. You're looking at someone that's going to drop probably to the third he might climb up a little bit. Like I said, I, you know, it's not a guarantee that, you know, uh, that he'll move up or down per se, just depending on spring practices, podcasts, things like that in particular. But at the same time, this is a great value. And also it's a great pairing. So please keep an eye out for Demi Martinez. Keep looking at spring practices. Um, there's great beat writers out there. I think they have an Oregon state one, just kind of keep tabs on that type of stuff and just look for the highlights on the spring game. If you don't catch it live to go on as well. So, Let's move on to our third player, and he's going to be the quarterback. We're bringing back quarterback to the show, and that is Mr. Brady Allen. And Brady Allen is a four-star prospect for 24-7 sports. He is a grade of 0.9309. Uh, some stuff that I really like seeing, 6'5", 210 pounds, that's great. Uh, I feel like he's a little bit lengthy, but I think he'll gain mass and a little bit more muscle. That's going to help, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, varsity max preps again. The passing guards alone, I was like, I had to put a comma. It's eleven thousand nine hundred eighteen passing yards. Once again, I and we'll explain it to you in the draft report. There was a lot of shotgun. There was a lot of passing. I don't know if the running backs got much work. I'm just going to be honest with you when it comes to this high school team. So passing touchdowns, one hundred and forty nine. Passing completions, seven hundred ninety one. He did have twelve hundred ninety eight attempts. So I think that's a decent turnaround. Uh, passing yards per game, 243.2. So that tells you this was a passing offense, not much run. And if it was, it was probably a catching passing back, I would have to probably say on there as well. Uh, interceptions overall is 25. So in the amount of time that he played with 25 interceptions, I thought that was pretty good, actually, considering how much time that he had playing as a varsity quarterback in, in high school. Um, so at Solving Football Analytics, that's our friend David over there at CGC. He has ranked him at 53.8. So when I was actually looking at his uh, rankings in particular, he ranks on the likes. So he does all the way back to 2015, 2014, things like that. Uh, 
he's behind, just barely behind guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, you know, guys like that, that of, and when they go to the combine, like Josh Allen had very similar, he had 54 mile per hour. He, he did a 60 mile per hour by the time he got to the combine. So Josh Allen during his college career was able to get a better, faster bullet speed pass type situation. Brady Allen has these tangibles to get it done. So what I like is he's a big high school prospect. He kind of reminds me of Brock Osweiler. I don't want to say that because I have I'm a Broncos fan. I have things about Brock Osweiler I loved and don't. I won't go into the tangent. We just won't do it. However, quarterbacks that can see over an offense and be able to kind of do that is good. He is a pocket passer to the T. Uh, but he is not the type of guy that is a running quarterback, and he isn't right now. No. So he's going to have to learn that system depending on the college. So he chose Purdue. I think that can help him a little bit in RPO, but Purdue's also the type, especially with O'Connell there. He doesn't really have to escape too, too much, but he does when it, you know, when his life's on the line, he just needs to throw it out of bounds, things like that. So as long as Brady Allen does that and doesn't take intentional sacks and can kind of at least get himself out of those troubles, he can do that. Uh, he can throw in the run, but not as much. Uh, he's not a running threat, so he's not a dual. He's not a dual back quarterback. He is a pocket passer. So if you're looking for these, I wouldn't say uh, traditional guys, but guys we've seen in the past that are big, tall, can stand in the pocket and can find the receivers. Brady Allen's your guy. I mean, he's definitely the guy as well. His NFL comparison is Davis Mills, of course. Let's talk. Davis Mills did actually pretty good. I would have to say like all in all in a fantasy production, I believe he was in the top 20 of quarterbacks in the NFL and NFL fantasy. So I meant like he went to a decent situation where he got to start. Um, but in high, in, you know, college Davis Mills was actually, he's, he was decent. Like he would get the job done. He was one of your starters probably on a, uh, you know, one of your star uh, quarterbacks and we'll agree in CFF. It comes down to, the the we call it the Konami code the Chico. Can they run? Can they pass? Can they do a little bit of both? But Brady Allen coming into the situation has so much opportunity ahead of him. Uh the depth chart, let's look at it. Aiden O'Connell has taken over the role. Uh he is now a redshirt senior. That means he doesn't have much he would have to probably come back as a grad transfer if he even wanted to stay or he'd have to transfer somewhere else. But I he's think, the, no, I, I think he's out of eligibility. Like I think uh, this is his last yeah. year. This is so his this sixth is, year. So this is O'Connell's last hurrah. He is the QB1 for the 22 season, so expect that to kind of still occur. And then they do have Austin Burton. He is the grad transfer there at Purdue. Uh, he is backup, but I, when we're looking at what's available, Brady Allen just fits right in there as a, a number two. Um, we're looking at, and I, I hate saying this because I don't want it to happen, but we're literally O'Connell just twisting an ankle wrong or something like that or just something un you know just not what we want to see happen and then boom brady allen immediately becomes your starting quarterback and that's why i think matters the most uh jerry what do you see as far as brady allen have you able to see some of the tape what are you hearing out of spring camp what are, what are your thoughts on brady allen so when i turned on the tape i saw a purdue quarterback which but it is so like i turned on the tape and i watched him make throw after throw after throw and he has a gorgeous, gorgeous touch on his ball. Like, ask him to throw, like, greater than 15 yards down the field. It's going to be a beautiful throw. He he is very good at hitting his, his receivers in stride um, and putting it just where he is. Like, if they're not in stride, if it's a bit more of a contested catch, he's very good about putting it to where only his, his guy can get to it. Obviously, you're going to love that in a system like Purdue where – they're, they're just bombs away down the field constantly, 
constantly targeting their number one guys like David Bell, Rondell Moore, guys like that. Uh, go back a couple of years, um, like uh, Elijah Sinclair was averaging well over 30 points per game during that time. Last year, after Aiden O'Connell took over, he finished in the top 24 QBs for fantasy five out of the last seven weeks last year. So Purdue is very quickly becoming an offense where a passing only quarterback can go and thrive for fantasy. When I was watching Brady Allen, I basically saw, again, I saw a Purdue quarterback, but I also saw basically a Carson Strong that's a little bit smarter in terms of when and when not to take sacks. Now, I don't like Brady Allen as much when I ask him to make a short pass. That's when all of a sudden a lot of his form just kind of goes out the window. And that's something he's going to have to work on here because you can't constantly be throwing 15-plus yards down the field in college, especially at Purdue where, quite frankly, Purdue is one of the small fry of the Big Ten. You can't exactly be doing that. But in terms of, like, the potential here, again, I love love this fit. And this is, as far as I'm concerned, probably one of the most talented quarterbacks that Purdue has ever seen come through. Again, he was a QB 10. Mm-hmm. He was a QB 10 going into this past year for two, four, seven. And so like going into an offense that is tailor made for pocket passing QBs and has shown fantasy success in the past. I would love to pick up Brady Allen as a potential future fantasy quarterback going forward. So looking at your rankings, of course, we'll stick with freshmen. Where do you got them? Where would you be willing to take them? And I know we're looking at probably a a one-year sit, but that's not incredibly bad. Like I said, we're one unfortunate incident away from a starting quarterback. So where are you taking them? He's currently my QB7 for CF, uh, CFF freshman. And I'd be willing to spend a second-round pick on him. There you go. Especially if I'm not able to grab a guy like – Ty Simpson in the first round, Devin Brown, Nick Evers, Cade Klubnick. Some of these guys are probably going to go off in the first round. I love the idea of coming back in the second round and just kind of scooping them up real quick because a lot of people are probably going to forget about Brady Allen versus some of these other bigger names like Gunnar Stockton, Drew Aller. Uh, I know Tavon, Tavon Jackson with Tennessee has started to get some more uh, buzz. So I yeah. think Allen's probably going to be a guy that kind of flies under the radar a little bit. I'm going to happily scoop him up in the second round. And uh, Brandon, sorry, he ain't making it to you in the second round when uh, when our league comes up. That's okay. I don't have a second one, rounder right now. One of those one of one of, the, <laughs> one of those first th- one of those three second round picks is going to be spent on this man probably. So that's a smart pick. Had. Actually, that's great strategy. And I was going to go into that. A lot of people, because of you see the P, the Purdue that's on there, a lot of people are going to forget about him. Just like when I was like you know scrolling through, and I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. The tenth overall quarterback is going to Purdue, and you have you know. Alabama and Tennessee and all these other big, you know, school names around them. It gets lost in the shuffle, right? Just because we have stud after stud. Now we have the 2023 class coming up that we'll talk about later down the road. It's just, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. So it's going to be easily forgot about. So if you're getting a, you know, a stud running back or wide receiver in the first round, you come back around and get ready Island. I think you're setting yourself up for an amazing freshman draft out of the gate, just in those first two rounds alone. So even if you miss on maybe a couple more in the later rounds, you're, Definitely, you know, setting yourself up for success here with Brady Allen to fill in it. So I definitely agree. I, I think uh, he's a surefire, uh, you know, guy that we're going to be talking about easily in a year. Uh, I think we're talking just as good as we talked about when O'Connell started. And, uh, 
I also seen maybe a top 10, you know, CFF quarterback here for sure. He just, the mold in the system, the weapons in Purdue is just, they keep on coming. And uh, and that's not going to change. There's always going to be a dominant, I think, wide receiver one at Purdue, whether that become a transfer or just the guys that they keep recruiting, they're, they're fantastic. Um, exactly. any, any last thoughts on Brady Allen before we move to our uh, big fish, small pond? Um, looking through my notes here real quick again, I kind of mentioned like my one fault with him is that I don't really like his short passing game. I, I read through the C to C guide a little bit and they seemed a bit higher on like in terms of like him being able to hit receivers at all three levels. He can hit them, but he doesn't look good doing it like less yeah. than 15 yards down the field. So that's something he has to touch up a little bit. Um, and again, you mentioned the mobility thing. To me, he is mobile enough. He is like, he knows how to make some dodges on some defenders in order to keep a play going. He's not just going to immediately tuck and get sacked. Now, can he do that at the college level? We'll see again, big 10, lots of great pass rushers there. So he's absolutely going to be tested on that. But overall, again, I really like Brady Allen going forward. And the more and more I research him, the more and more I think that he is going to be a guy that you're going to be able to get a deal on in uh, draft in freshman drafts. Absolutely. Um, just to add on before we move over, he's still a power five quarterback. Uh, yes, I think he uh, he can. The good thing is he had great competition in high school. So he, he's gone against decent guys that have gone on to play in college that have been good defenders. So, I mean, he's had that um, type of thing. And then being on varsity for so long, he just has a really good QB acumen. So and that's what you want us to have the smarts there. And from what I'm seeing as far as, you know, I can't, you know, I'm not in the locker room, but from what I can see the quarterback, he's definitely a take command kind of guy. He's definitely with his team. He seems as a leader. And that's kind of what you want to have someone that could come in, say, if O'Connell goes down, you have Allen that could sneak right in, call the play, have confidence, and boom, we get right down the field. And that's what we want to have. So definitely look into Brady Allen. Uh, like I said, if you can sneak in a really stud running back, wide receiver, wait on quarterback. This would be the quarterback I'd probably take in that second round. So Jared is definitely on to something sneaky, sneaky, but I like it for sure. Let's move on to my favorite segment, which is the Big Fish Small Pond. It was where we take a look at a guy that's usually ranked a little higher, but he's picked a smaller school, and that opens up for opportunity. And this week, we wanted to talk about one, Terrence Gibbs who is a actual four-star prospect. So this reminds me, it's giving me that Matthew Golden type vibe on there, but we're just talking running back. 24-7 sports grade of 0.8966. He committed to Georgia Southern. And the crazy thing, and before we even get into some of the stuff that we're talking about, Jared, this kid had offers from Alabama. You guys, Georgia, uh, there's just a bunch of them there. But he took Georgia Southern. So out of everything, before we talk about it, what is that telling you that he's looking for the most? I mean, he's looking for opportunity. Correct. He's looking but for playing time immediately. The other thing that I am sure you're about to get into here is the injury history. Yes. And the amount of schools that have backed off of Mr. Gibbs here because of that. Now, mm -hmm. what we will discuss next is, was that a mistake? So now I'll yes. let you continue. Yep. And well, as actually I was going to say, there was a injury and we'll talk about that. Of course, this was in 2020. He towards ACL. During preseason, he had just transferred into Winter Park, which is a high, uh, you know, max uh, type team, very good uh, varsity prep school type team. So he was preparing literally to probably become a running back at whether you want to say at Alabama, Georgia. But anyway, there's all these guys. He towards ACL, some teams backed off. So when we looked at his max prep stuff, total rushing yards, we only looked at 32 rushing yards, 4.6 rushing yards uh, for the average carries of only seven that only got two. 
He did get 10.7 rushing yards per game, which I thought was pretty good for a one game, 87 receiving yards. And he, you know, he played those three games. So there were touchdowns, but he was making significant strides. And I'm pretty sure by game four or five, he was healthy. We were going to see him blow up just like we did. Um, you know, some of the other guys like Gentine, a few others that we've talked about in the past. So when we did the big wide receiver guy analytics with Matt, he's 20.4 miles per hour and he's got newtons of 7,192. Those are all above the 20 that you want to look for and over the 7,000. I usually say 6,000 newtons is pretty good. 7,000 is really good. 8,000 is tremendous. Then if you're 9,000, like a Nicholas Singleton, that's like Bar Saquon Barkley level, oh my gosh, please draft him down type situations. Uh, your cat would also agree. Uh <laughs> yes, I couldn't tell if you could hear her or not. Of course. Hello, Fiona. Uh um, she loves she again. We talked about this on CTN. She loves commenting whenever we uh are talking about running backs. Yeah, she's a running backs fan. I don't blame it. I'm a ground and pound kind of guy when it comes to fantasy. All my flexes, it's just running back, running back, running back. So shout out to you, Fiona the cat. I uh, clearly agree. Get your running backs. Uh, so let's look at some of the, the scout reports that we talked about. He towards ACL in 2019, though, he totaled 1,900 uh, yards on the ground, and that's his former school, and they went 9-2 and two that year, so a fantastic season in 2019. 2018, he was the Max Press Freshman All-American team, which is hard to do because there's a lot of freshmen and a lot of people that they're tracking. So he averaged 11.1 yards per carry, uh, and then rushing yards 1,503 and 21 touchdowns. And that's was a freshman in high school. Now we're looking at a freshman in college. Yeah, he's got the ACL, but we've seen where uh, this new technology and the new surgeries and stuff like that. ACLs, they're not as they're not as bad. Now I'm not saying that they they don't change a person because they do. They'll give you a step back a little bit, but it is something that a former injury that you're done for forever is not a thing anymore. Will you lose some of the speed, the 20.4? He might drop down to 19 miles per hour, maybe 18. But as long as he has the talent, he still has the vision, right? He still has, you know, the he has the talent. I mean, he's a high four-star. He probably would have been a lot higher had he not tore his ACL. He probably would have went to a bigger power five. And let's look at the depth chart real quick. Jalen Wright, who's their sophomore. A.J. Brown, not that one. And I put it in the slides, so you know, that not the wide receiver. He's a registered sophomore. Uh so there's not much to be had as far as competition. So what do you think about the ACL? What do you think about, does this stop if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, you've been watching me grimace this entire time. The cringe. Because I agree with you for the most part in terms of just ACL injuries in general, Brandon. I really do. This one sounds like it was different. Mm. This was a injury that was being described as gruesome by the coaching staff this was an acl injury that knocked him out not only for the 2020 season but he didn't come back until the final three games of his 2021 season dude has hardly played football in in two years and they even said that when he did play in 2021 he didn't look like the same back that he was beforehand that's my negative side let's go to my positive side now um you're right acl injuries aren't the end-all be-all anymore it is going to take time for him to get back to where he was and i agree with you when he is at his ceiling this is a guy that i think absolutely could destroy destroy the competition he is about to face at georgia southern and likely probably transfers in a year or two if he does come back to try to get some better opportunity elsewhere uh and get some more eyeballs on him because let's be real if he wants to be the nfl uh georgia southern's not the place to be 
True. Like we see it with guys like uh, Zamir White. Uh, like people are starting to see him finally get back into form after two ACL injuries. Like he never had, he was never fully 100% at Georgia. But now, like as he gets into the NFL and as he's getting into some of those workout programs there, people are starting to see what used to be Zamir White. I have a feeling we're going to see the same thing with Terrence Gibbs, but don't expect that immediate. I don't think he's necessarily going to be the starter immediately. I think Georgia Southern is going to be very, very careful with him because they do not want to re-aggravate that injury. Jalen White, from, my, from what I have heard, is a good running back that they can use for the time being until Gibbs gets up to speed. Gibbs it was a great running back and probably is going to be a great running back again. I just don't think it's fair to say that this is just a far for it. We, we can't treat this just like a high four star should be five star going to a G five school, because there was reason why all of these schools backed off on this. And it's nothing personal. Like it's not even behavioral issues. Like you get sometimes with these recruits and everything. It's because of that injury and how just rough it was for him and how much it took away from his ability. I am rooting for Gibbs. I really hope he does get back to where he was at Georgia Southern. And I think Clay Helton is a kind of coach that uses an RB decently well, but not too much to the point where he will be able to take care of Gibbs until he is back up to snuff. So I know you're going to go ahead and ask me, where do I have him ranked in terms of freshman drafts? Maybe. And to me, like again, I've been kind of back and forth. Like I believe in that. I believe in the ceiling here, but I, again, I am very much keeping in mind of that injury and that's why to me a late third round early fourth round draft pick is where Gibbs should be going in my opinion um c to c i know for a fact he's basically free even in even in their freshman drafts that they've been running i know a lot of people kind of backed off of him there for cff dynasty again i understand the concern of like probably is never going to go to the nfl but for cff yeah, I'm, I'm willing to take a risk on a guy that has the potential to start year one, even with his gruesome injury uh, for his last two years of high school. I'm willing to take a shot on that. But that's after I've already probably scooped up a couple of guys in the first three rounds that I'm way more sure about. And then I'm willing to go after Gibbs and his three-year, four-year potential if he just isn't an NFL guy. Four-year potential starting starting potential. Excuse me. Yeah, Uh that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I would actually pretty much agree. Uh, fourth round, uh, he might even slip to five. Like it's just people are backing away. But when you see, when you see Georgia Southern, and you just see the opportunity. It is really hard. But what I'm saying is, you don't. With Terrence Gibbs, is different. Yes, he had all this caliber because of the ACL and a gruesome one. Uh, he's he might not be the same guy. He still might just have the tangibles. However. Um, it, it's going to come down to when a guy like Ashton Genty, when he's a three-star, right, and he's got the opportunity, you want to reach on someone like that. Terrence Gibbs is a guy that you don't have to reach on, and that's kind of the point I want to drive home, right, Jared? It's just yes, you don't and- have to reach on him only because you see the opportunity. It's a G5 and a, and a great prospect, but you don't have to reach with a The other Gibbs. point I'm going to throw out here is, again, we don't know how much, even if Gibbs is the starter year one, for Georgia Southern, we don't know how much volume that is going to get in a Clay Helton offense. Now, Clay Helton might be smart. I can't believe I just said that. And <laughs> shift his offensive identity towards a guy that if Gibbs is as good as we think he might be after healing for as long as he has, and he is a, a and he is a year once already shifts towards Gibbs. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be an absolute steal in your drafts. But also, like, 
you can't just think, oh, he's going to be a three-year starter, but then he goes and he gets like, even if he's the number one guy, he gets like 120 touches. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just a running back by committee. Like, that's not worth it. That's not worth it for you, even if he is right. the number one guy for three years. Yeah, like I said, like, I, I'm rooting for Gibbs so hard. Like, again, I feel like I'm being so negative on him. I'm rooting for him so hard because, again, like, I watched a little bit of the tape of when he really played. Mm-hmm. And my God, he is fun to watch. Um, yeah. I'm going to use a couple of quotes from Felix Sharp's uh, uh, scouting report on him because, again, I think it perfectly summarizes what Gibbs looks like when he's in his prime. This is a man that, quote, runs with bad intentions. He is in, quote, seek and destroy mode. He finds defenders, makes them miss, makes them look silly, stiffs arms them into the dirt just because he can. Mm -hmm. And, like, that is so much fun to watch. And is it going to be a kind of guy that you root for? When he is on your roster going forward. But again, the problem is we just don't know if he will get. Yes, he's definitely a kid that looks for the contact. He enjoys the sport of football. He's not going to. I mean, if he can find the hole, he'll find the hole. But if you're going to get in his way, best believe he's going to make you pay for it by getting in Mm -hmm. his way. This may have cost the injury because he plays so tough and so determined and stuff like that. But I love determination. I love the heart of the kid. So you see the heart in Terrence Gibbs. So it's hard to say no to the man. We're just. We're not we're not being negative. Me and Jared are just telling them just be cautious when it comes to this big fish, small pond. Just know the value is there. You do not have to reach, but he is a value nonetheless. But in case he doesn't work out, you've only spent a fourth to sixth round, depending on if you do supplemental or not in your freshman drafts, right? You you're not losing a whole whole lot, right? You're just yeah. this is a dart throw situation. Last week, Genty is not a dart throw. The man you need. Please draft the man if you can. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a on there as well. This is two tell of two tales, basically. So this is what me and Jared are kind of portraying as well. But we want you to know who Terrence Gibbs is just because the opportunity is there. If he has any glimpse of being close to what he ever was, this is uh, this is a great start. And like you said, this could be a transfer candidate. So you might have someone that might move up to a P5 um, and then maybe make a big splash before he either tries for the NFL or he finishes his college career. So that's definitely, we want to leave it um, kind of that way as well. Uh, well, one, I want to thank Jared for being on the show, man. This is, this is fantastic. Uh, once I said, uh, Jared is now three for three, the CFMU pod, of course, Chase and Natty is his where he hosts. And we, we spend some good times talking about a lot of good stuff now right. here in the future freshman podcast, Jared, uh, we got some, a lot of cool stuff in them. We won't, we're not, we don't play spoilers here, but tell them, of some of the stuff that maybe they could possibly expect from the CFF team moving forward here uh, from the campus to Canton side. Yeah. So again, the big the big thing is here. If you haven't checked out the CFF side of the campus to Canton website yet, that is where we're going to be posting a ton of our content going forward. We're going to have more and more articles for you guys. Spring camp reports. We're going to have uh, spring game reports and everything. I plan on, or this is later in this week, so uh, this comes on Friday. So. Technically, if you're listening to this yesterday, I went to the Georgia Tech game and hopefully I will have a article kind of a quick little blurb of an article written up for you guys talking about what I saw there. Um, And then we'll also be just kind of keep an eye out on on our television sets of where like other spring games that are kind of going on again. It'll kick up more as we get into late uh, March, early April, stuff like that. Uh, But again, CTN year round show. So it's a year round CFF show. We don't take an off season break or anything like that. We find things to talk about currently the big thing right now is spring camps of course you guys are constantly asking us like oh what's the best way to like keep up with all this spring news it's like honestly find somebody like us that you trust 
to bring you the best information that you can. Um, I know Matt Bruning has been doing his nightly shows for spring reports. He's done a fantastic job with that. No playing spoiler or anything like that. But again, we just got started with a very big project Mm -hmm. that we plan on bringing to you guys later in the off season that I think you guys are very, very much going to enjoy. And again, we were mostly CFF, but like I've started dabbling a little bit with some potential things that could help you guys mm. in the future for some of your stuff. We'll see. Yeah. Very, very fun stuff coming for coming up. And then obviously Brandon is really kind of driving the CFF dynasty side of things over here with this show. So he's done a fantastic job. I appreciate the kind words once again. Uh, of course, you can find Jared at CFF underscore Jared. So be sure to give him a follow. We both are big on DMs. You can mention us, whatever. We love talking about it. No question is off the table. Uh, there's no such thing as a stupid question unless you don't ask. So please ask the questions because we want to help you. This is what we're here for. Of course, you can find all our content at campus2can.com. You can find all of our thoughts and things like that, of course, on Twitter. Of course, I'm Brandon T. Sanders. You can find me on Twitter at CFF University. Uh, so please go uh, check us out. Um, quick shout out to our rest of our team, Chris Moxley, you saw last week at Chris Moxley 19. And of course, Nate Marquise at CFF Nate. Uh, you'll be seeing him shortly. He wanted to spend some more time in the spring games with the stock up, stock down reports that you're seeing on the website. So you will see Nate on here shortly. He just wanted to digest more spring. So we'll have Nate on here pretty shortly as well. Um, but we want to thank you guys for listening in and be kind to one another. And we'll see you next time. Peace.